Ladies and gentlemen, it's Josh and Tom devour the world. Nom, 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 nom. This week, I am your host, Tom Chalmers. And I'm your other host, Josh Battenhorst. I knew that day would come. I knew it. I knew it. We are excited to be bringing you episode nine, but I'm counting it as our 10th episode, as we did start at episode zero, um, which was our beta test episode uh, with the surprise guest of me. And generally, I was very surprised, which I love <laughs> that we're on our 10th episode because we're welcoming in two members of the Get Right Band as they celebrate 10 years of just rocking out the world as only they can. So uh, joining us this week, we have Silas DeRocher and Jesse Gentry. Hello, hey guys. Hi, thanks Hello. for having us. Um, great. And uh, the way this show works is uh, Josh and I are guys who are used to living in Asheville, going out and seeing great bands like yourselves and going to good bars and restaurants and doing lots of fun things. And a lot of that has been limited over the last year. So we've been checking in. Hey, so what have you been eating, drinking, thinking, and how is that informing your output? But we thought we would open it up to not just this week or this year, but the past 10 years, um, if we need to. Um, so not too much pressure, but I do need you to cover 10 years of content. Um, I've eaten a lot over the last 10 years. <laughs> All well documented. I want to in detail. Most um, of it is ice cream. Well, good. Uh, so that is our idea, but let, let's just start right away. So yeah, you guys are here uh, celebrating 10 years of music and hooray, we'll be uh, playing an outdoor show at Salvage Station this weekend, um, celebrating those 10 years. So we'll just start there. What's it like to look back at 10 years of uh, being together as part of the Get Right Band? It's uh, it's pretty surreal. I mean, it, it is a, it's a long yeah. time. When I was a young man, it, I, you know, didn't really realize you know, what that meant at all. It seemed like, like, cause that's basically how long the Beatles were together is how I think about it. And that was like a long career. And now looking back on, it, I was like, wow, we're like, we're not even done yet. And we've been going 10 years. Um, so it's, we're better than the Beatles, what Jesse's saying. I just want to compare ourselves to the Beatles. We're, we're kind of like the Beatles is all I'm trying to say. So much. <laughs> so I, you can't see it, but for the people, for you guys, I have the most unique Beatles hat. It was, I think created exactly for me. It is a Beatles slash Texas Rangers hat uh, that was <laughs> that is like it's for like the slimmest uh, uh, subpopulation that there possibly could be. But I'm a I'm a Texas Rangers uh, fan and a Beatles fan. And somehow this hat exists and it's now on my head. <laughs> Beautiful. That is incredible. Nicely worn. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I need to, <laughs> I need to get my get right hand hat. Uh, because one of the things that I've been devouring over the last couple of days is your albums, because I, I wanted to make sure that I've seen you guys live a number of times, but I, other than when you put the album out this last year, uh, like May, June, when you first put the album out, I totally devoured it then and listened to it. But, uh, and so it kind of ends up in my rotation of, of, you know, sometimes Spotify will pick up the song and like play something from the album because I liked a few of them. But at the but I haven't gone back and listened to it again until we were coming to do this. And I I have to think that just listening to the progression of you guys from because I, I really listen concentrate on the last kind of three albums uh, from uh, uh, oh, the names escaping me from <laughs> the, 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 the 2014 album. That's uh, uh, Bass Trouble, Angel Devil. Best bass treble, angel devil, on to um, uh, who's in charge to this latest one, itchy soul. You can just see hear the progression of the band, your production quality. Like I would say, like um, you know, bass bass treble. That's why I'm having a hard time. <laughs> Let's say this one more time. Can we do this as an acting exercise? We can call it BTAD if that helps. BTAD that does definitely help. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Base treble angel devil yes okay btad that that was helpful uh, acronyms always appreciated and uh but see but kind of like a sort of like party vibe with that album kind of like it's a reggae in the, a lot of reggae in there and then you kind of make a different turn and one of the things that i've really been eating over the last week i had a really just tough mental health week last week and uh started listening to um who's in charge yesterday. And that song motivation was exactly where I was all, all week last week. And, uh, and I, so I just saw a maturity of like the, you know, BTAD is like, there's a lot of like positivity, everything's going great. And then, well, maybe not so much in yeah. that, in that album. And it was really like, just totally hit me where I, where I was uh, for last week. And it just encapsulated because 
what I I tend to do when when I feeling like that when I feeling I'm like like the there's motive there's something in there that I want to do but I can't make myself do any of it so what I end up doing is just eating whatever comes across my face because and like it, that was like all of last week and I, and I know that I'm doing it uh, and I'm glad to say that I've turned a corner I'm feeling a little bit better this week but it but you just wanted you to know that that out that song in particular I was like yes that is what I was feeling completely you totally captured something there so thank you for that and thank you for all the music i really uh, enjoyed it and then with this latest album with itchy soul like i again i just saw another leap forward in production and like just uh, just so many different sounds uh you guys both are incredible musicians um and uh, you know coming away the thing the person that it reminded me the most of was gary clark jr actually a lot of mm. tunes in there i was like that has a lot of like just soul <laughs> and a lot of like blues and shredding guitar and lots of just lots of complex layers so anyway great great and thank you so much thank you yeah you you, you nailed it <laughs> yeah uh, i feel like we could pretty much just wrap up there yeah um, you summarized the last 10 years for us just now. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll jump on that and then set you up to talk a little bit, which is, so yeah, I have seen you probably more than any band I've seen in my life. Oh, um, wow. Uh, Silas and I have known each other for a while, you know, more than, back, ten, more than 10 years. We worked at, years, at, yeah. at an art center together, me at the box office, him at the uh, uh, health science, you know, museum. Yeah. Um, so just, hey, good guy. Hey, I'm, I'm playing some music somewhere. Cool. You know, just went to go support. Hey, this guy's good kind of thing. So, yeah, I like seeing you guys because I like seeing live music. I like, you know, being supportive of, of Silas and then get to know. But more and more, I'm just like, I, I really like this band. Um, <laughs> so uh, it's, it's you know, and I'll talk about that with my food in a bit. But anyways, um, when I first saw you, I was like, oh, these guys are good. You know, even back to Shake Days and earlier. Um, uh, but, yeah, they just need to live a little bit more. Uh, so it shows up in their in their songwriting. Yeah, um, that was just very clear. Um, and you'll see that often with like, kind of you know like San Diego's like, you know like, surf bands come to the Orange Peel like, oh these guys are good, but yeah they need to go ahead and just live a little bit more rather than we're friends and we're living. Yeah, but anyway, so that was the, that was the, <laughs> the reality is you guys just need to go and live a little bit more. But it was sort of hard to see you go and live and have angry songs, mournful songs. <laughs> conflicted songs uh, songs about being in love um you know great i saw those two kind of thing but it's interesting to wish that for you like yeah they just need to live more but then to see the results which are rich and you know like strong songs but also going oh yeah <laughs> silas is drawn from something there I'm, I'm sorry to see this um kind of you know, bubble up on stage but what a, what a beautiful result what an interesting analysis it gives gives us a lot to think about but i mean i think it's all it's it's all accurate uh i mean it's it's a matter of living more and experiencing more hardship and heartbreak and and therefore depth but i think along with that is also experiencing more highs uh and joys and maybe those don't make it into the songs quite as much for whatever reason. But um, for me, I feel like over the last 10 years or so, like it's just been a, it's been a widening of the emotional spectrum that for a long time, I just, I just didn't experience like a super wide. I, I mean, I, I had, I commented on it in my early twenties. Like it was a thing I was aware of. Like I, I've just felt real even keel a, a lot. Um in terms of, you know, goods and bads, just kind of rolling with it. And as I've, as I've aged, I feel like I've, I've feel things more deeply and particularly a few key like heartbreaks along the way have, uh, you know, romantic and otherwise have, have, have uh, kind of blown that spectrum wider. When you listen to it, what I, what I heard was kind of like a personal growth journey, <laughs> like, of yeah. like, and, uh, and, like I mentioned last week being kind of like a bad mental health week for me and where I'm at in my own personal health journey is like, now I can kind of like, just see that. Whereas before, like in my, in my thirties and twenties, and like I would just have those bad weeks and be kind of like a petulant asshole to everybody and not necessarily recognize where it was coming from. And uh, so if I've done any growing mm -hmm. at all, it's not that I can circumvent any of that 
actually happening, but I at least recognize that it's happening a little bit and I can go, okay, where is that coming from? Because the first, like the recognition is the first step. And like, uh, and I think you even have a line in one of the songs where it's like, I guess I'm, I guess I, I'm not as, uh, not, I don't have it all together like I thought I did, like in, uh, you know, <laughs> or as much as I thought it was, and I'm not as happy as I thought I was, and uh, and maybe there's something there to explore, and I, I just want to, I think that it was it, for me, that that was that that was the journey that I took yesterday as I was really listening to the albums, kind of. I actually listened to them in reverse order, mm-hmm. and uh, and that kind of, you know, I was like, okay, well now I see where that came from. And now I see you're like, Oh, Silas is getting happier and happier. (laughs) That's right. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. But I I also think it's worth, worth noting that, um, you know, songwriting isn't always a hundred percent autobiographical. And it's also like a a lot of times, um, even when it is somewhat autobiographical, like I'm, I'm, I'm pinpointing a very specific, like, this might be my range of emotions and I'm, and somebody said something or I thought something or I read something that like highlighted this one little sliver of that uh, emotional spectrum and it made for a good song, you know? Yeah. I would like like to add too that, um, you know, Silas does like the vast majority of the songwriting. So he's definitely writing the lyrics, most of the music and whatnot. But as far as like the band's progression and evolving over time, like we've all kind of opened our minds a lot over the years. And if you listen to the albums, not only does the songwriting get more mature and, and deep or whatever, but we've just opened our minds to like, it's not just about the song. Like the song can be great, but it needs to sound good too. And um, I used to be really closed minded when I was younger about how I played my instrument and how I approach recording and performing and whatnot. And with the help of these guys, I've really just broadened my horizons and how I think about approaching a song that Silas brings and, you know, performing it on the album, which is why I think a lot of us, you know, we, we push each other and that's why you do hear the songs just literally sound better as the albums go on. And that is something that has definitely changed in me personally, just by just them opening my mind and just, you know, getting older and more mature. Uh, a phrase comes up in describing you that sometimes frustrates me in critique which is genre bending Mm -hmm. um which i just think like no you're just not finding the words to describe it no genre bending (laughs) which means i don't want to bother figuring with what genres are involved but i do think it applies to y'all particularly musically also i'll just be like man i'm getting great you know mid-range talking heads i'm getting you know just you just incorporate a, a lot of different things into your music it's, that it is surprising sometimes to be listening to you on a playlist or otherwise and be like, who's this? Oh, wait, this is still Get Right Band, like, which is yeah. a, a nice thing to say about a band where you're not like, man, every song kind of sounds the same. Um, right. But yeah, so you, you do, I, I will allow the term uh, genre bending to, to apply to you and not shake my fist at that uh, music critic. Yeah, and and also to, to expand on, or, to, to jump off what Jesse's saying is uh, the also the personnel change in the band. Um, if, you know, for, if we're talking about the full 10 years uh, made a big difference. And, and even though JC, um, so Chris Pyle was our original drummer. He recorded the first EP with us shake. And of course, therefore his um, you know, his influence and his style is all over those five songs, but also a, a bunch more songs that we were playing live at the time. And JC was, on our second album and he brought a lot of his own um style to the recording of that but almost all or maybe all those songs were written before he was in the band so his stamp wasn't on that album in the same way that it has been on the on the albums after that so you know it was kind of like the first one had had and we're only a trio so three you know one third of the band changing is a is a significant change um so it's like the first album had chris's influence on it the second album even though it was recorded by shay c i would say it was sort of a transitional album and then by who's in charge and the subsequent albums you know jc is is fully putting his his stamp on those songs from their inception um so i think i think that changed a lot over the years too they're they're very different players very different people uh different backgrounds musical backgrounds you know so well, uh, in case anyone has gotten this far and is not familiar with your band, let's take a second now to just pause here and uh, and take a listen to 
the title track from your new album, Itchy Soul. soul from the get right band and we have silas derocher and jesse gentry here from the get right band with us today on josh and tom devour the world and so i have a, a very simple question for for you guys coming out of the break um where does music come from <laughs> right i mean the stork uh, yeah, I mean, because I write songs. I mean, if, if you if you listen to this uh, to to this podcast, the kind of format is: we come on, we interview someone, we take a break, we hear from Tom, and then I have a song every week that I've worked up and and for the for the occasion. And um and it's it's so tricky. Like some some day some weeks, I feel like it. Like this last week, for example, I, a, a theme came to me. I took the theme and immediately there was a song there. Like there was like I, the the theme was uh, that I was working on was home court advantage. I thought about the NCAA playoffs, which are happening in Indianapolis. My long-term partner is from Indiana. I thought advantage kind of rhymes with Indiana and like, <laughs> like <laughs> and boom, I was off. And like, like, I mean, literally an hour later, I, I have like all of the lyrics and like worked out like this sort of country gold tune. And it's like, but then sometimes, like it's, it, 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 finding a thread is just, it's just difficult, and uh, and I have to think that mental health plays into it, you know. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I'm interested in how like writing about where you're coming from, 
and what's happening in your life. Like, I mean, is that, do you, cause, cause you know, I, I can't find themes on my own. I like, I have to have them handed to me. I don't know. Yeah. Josh, I, mean, I love your original question. Uncle Silas, uncle Jesse, where does music come from? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, when a band loves each other very much, <laughs> they get together and I don't know. I, I, where does music come from? I, Jesse, do you have any idea? Well, I mean, I, I just think about it as like, where, where does anything come from? Where does a conversation start? Where does a story begin? Like, hmm. it's just, a, you know, it's, it's just like a tapping in of something that you want to say or you want to express and you use all the tools at your disposal to to express that whatever it is and yeah. you know it's silas has the gift i think of songwriting whereas i am more of like a live player like improvisational player so i do create not the same way i do write a few songs but i just kind of think about it as like if you're in a place where you're creating music it's just whatever you're feeling at the moment and using whatever whatever's in your toolbox be it your emotions or themes that you like to visit or you know i guess if you're writing lyrics you know you know stories that strike a chord with with you and your and your audience so i i don't know yeah. specifically where it comes from but it you know just like human beings have evolved so do the ways that we express ourselves and music is one of those ways and yeah and i i do i do just as a as a term for that unknown you know i i use the muse because it, it it does feel that way with songwriting like um there is a spark and then uh exactly like jesse said like um then then you know the the spark comes from the muse the spark comes from somewhere unknown i mean sometimes it's somewhere sometimes it actually like as far as a song goes sometimes it's somewhere known like i'll read a line in a book or i've written songs uh off something somebody said like one time we were in the virgin islands and we we're hiking and chris pyle uh our drummer said um at the time said uh if we keep singing the sun will never go down or something like that and i thought well damn there's a there's a song lyric and i wrote a whole song around that so um sometimes that initial spark comes from somewhere like that sometimes it comes from nowhere and then after that like jesse said i i just i chase it with the tools that i have and over uh, so maybe 25 years like of songwriting uh where uh, the song uh which i really loved in the get so high came from i mean i'm just gonna make some guesses <laughs> but that, that was a cross-country that was a cross-country flight um i was in an airplane and i was thirty thousand feet above well, well i mean that's a really good example of something that is you know on the album it's just got, you know, you've got birds in the background with that song. Like there's a, it, there's, it was, it, you know, it, it has a richness to it and some creativity to it that I thought was really, was really fun. The, another one was Love is Contagious, where you got the sort of like record si sound. And we had Gar Raglan from Citizen Vinyl on a couple of weeks ago. To, and, uh, and, and I love that sort of like analog sound. Did, do you guys have actual vinyl copies of your records available anywhere? Because I would love to have my hands on some of those if you've got any we have vinyl of the of the live album which is the one we put out before itchy soul nice i'm gonna have to get it um and if but... you listen real close you can hear me go woo in the crowd <laughs> oh, yeah. when, I was, when i was listening to itchy soul yesterday i've forgotten to kind of push the button that makes you only listen to the songs from that album and and it was kind of fun how spotify algorithmed what to play after some of your songs uh like um for example uh, when after love is contagious they played uh, jesus is so cool which is the the king missile album i don't know if you've ever heard that but it's basically mm. it's it, it's this song jesus is way cool jesus and it just like kind of goes through all of these things that jesus <laughs> did which i thought wow ah, how did they make that uh and after um uh, uh, interlude number four like they played uh the stallion part four from uh from ween and i was like okay well i kind of understand that you got two fours here okay uh, <laughs> but thematically they were not anything like um thank god <laughs> and think about <laughs> one of the things tom said about sort of like the the the, the genre blending of things like bending. I, bending genre bending yeah but 
I heard something like, for example, in however broken it is, like thematically, that's a country song like to me, but you don't play it as a country song. It's not a country song in the like music at all, it, but I mean, it's like a ripping rock sort of song. And, but in the themes of the song, I thought, huh, that would make it because, you know, everything sounds like a country song to me because I grew up in Texas. But I was like, that would make a great country song lyrically. Yeah. And anyway, I, you're wrong. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, to cover that, I thought we would go ahead and play our game. I mean, yes, you're great. But do you have a podcast with specific themes? Okay. <laughs> So in terms of talking about like things we eat, and I said we could either talk about recently over the past year, or 10 years, whatever. So I, I decided to go with with a staple, something that I always rely on because I thought it's sort of good for Get Right Band, who is, again, just consistent, always can be counted on, whether it's a small stage, big stage, themselves with others kind of thing. So uh, I'm here to sing the praises of English muffins. Um, I'm going to dare to come out as someone in the South to say biscuits. Not always my favorite. They're a little too much sometimes, a little too much. Um, and then toast, you know, bread just got like a bad rap uh, somewhere along the way. Um, but English muffins are just so perfect for me. Um, I think they work nicely, simply, you know, a little butter, a little butter and jelly, something I used to think was so gross when I was a kid, but now I can I, I understand it. Um, but I, as well as you can, you know, use it for sandwiches, um, uh, I think it does a nice job of portion control, which is something I, I, I can be good to be reminded of. But anyway, are you, yeah, are uh, you sponsored? Muffins. What? <laughs> are you sponsored by English Muffins? This is a uh, sponsored really ad right now. Because, uh, but I do. So there's that. So again, I just love, I just think English Muffins are uh, just rarely disappointing. Um, and they, uh, they are the get right biscuit, but they're not the biscuit. <laughs> Um, but I did want to, yes, we were sponsored by, um, but I, also there's something about English muffins I'm interested in, like, but Thomas's English muffins, which is what I mostly know. I mean, there's a few other options. You can get some at Trader Joe's or um, that kind of place, but mostly Thomas's just rules the roost. They, they have held that market share for, for a long time. They've been doing this since 1880. Um, All right, so, this has to be sponsored. You're, you're straight up checking notes now. <laughs> yeah, well, a little bit, but uh, so you, you got something. So uh, I also love it because I don't tend to work blue, but I also love that there's a little, little like, naughty streak to the Thomas English muffins. I always found something a little tee-hee-hee about the phrase nooks and crannies. I always thought that was just a little kind of naughty without really knowing what it was. Their slogan right now is 140 years of yum. And I was like, that, that's a little provocative. Um, and if you think it stops there... They are a registered trademark of Bimbo Bakeries. Oh yeah. So they're they're just going all the way. But anyway, so that is that is my thing, and I, I hold you in similar regard. Um, English Thank muffins. Thank you. Fantastic. Well, yeah. I I agree. I, I mean, my my dad has always had English muffins around the house. He still eats them to this day. Like I think he would just be like all over that, in agreement with you that they are the superior way to consume wheat in this world and. Um, yeah, I grew up eating a ton of English muffins, so I'm I'm with you 100. I like biscuits. You can mess up, but also biscuits you can make at home, and you cannot make an English muffin at home. Hmm. But only Thomas's can. Right, there's a sort of <laughs> griddle baking approach that. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not quite sure how they do that. But so, yeah, uh, the it, we should mention it is St. Patrick's Day. I don't know. Uh, I hope that uh, wish you all a, a happy St. Patrick's Day. And there are there is a traditional St. Patty's Fair. Uh, you know, and at our house, we eat very little meat, but Amber has been trying a lot of different meat substitutes. And so what is sitting in our fridge right now is the Saitan version of a uh, of, of corned beef. And we will see how that turned out. But it, it took it's, it was it's a process to turn uh, turn wheat into beef. Uh, but here we, but here we go. It's a, we will, we, I will report next week on how the corned beef, uh, Saitan experiment went. Please do. We wait your update. So fellas, uh, again, uh, on the road or otherwise 10 years, what are things that have, uh, always been there for you when you, when you needed it? Is that the end of the English muffin conversation? I, I, felt like, I had I, more. I thought that was good. I thought that I was going to go somewhere. on how much I appreciate that Thomas's English muffins is the proper use of the apostrophe with an end name ending with S. It's so that Thomas wasn't this is. Oh, that wasn't I like you could put the apostrophe either side. Uh, I, I think they do it. I think they do it right. Okay. 
So that wasn't like leading up to some questions or something. That was just a pause in the conversation to plug to advertise. Uh, that is just how the show works. Which okay, is, got it. I'm so I'm, English muffins I'm, are are, are uh, what what make me me. It's on my grocery list now. <laughs> so it's yeah, but back to like what? So English muffins are always there for Tom. What when you guys are out on the road? What what's your go to? Do you have any go to uh, meals or something that you that's a that has to stick stay with you? Uh, is there something that is always on the uh, the tech writer? Have this in the back uh, backstage for me. Um, you know, a bottle of Cristal and uh, you know, uh, and an alligator, perhaps. I don't know what what you guys. Uh, anything like that? Uh, not really. I mean, we usually like to, like hummus and vegetables is kind of a a nice thing. If we had to put something on a rider, that'd be like my first pick. But, yeah, we we just we ask for healthy stuff backstage: hummus, vegetables, fruit. Um, that's, English that's, muffins. I always bring I always bring fried mango on on the road. We eat a lot. Yeah, we eat a lot of fruit and and nuts on the road. A lot of mixed nuts. I like to put raisins in my mixed nuts. How you do? Pretty uh, pretty boring stuff. I mean, we're, fried we, mango. Tell me more about no, this. No, 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 dried mango. Oh, dried mango. Yeah. Much healthier than fried mango. Yeah. No, we're trying to eat healthy because, like, being on the road is is tough, and you know, you're already not like you're on a weird schedule. You're not sleeping yeah. in the same bed or whatever. So the one thing you can't control is what you do consume, and you know, we're pretty strict with our diets, and you know, we eat like mostly plant based. So it's uh, we try to just take care of our bodies in that regard as as much as, much as we can when we're on the road. Easier said than done sometimes, but yeah, oh, yeah, that's that's always the goal for sure. But Especially you know, like, so, JC so. can he can straight up he's he's eating Skittles like seconds before going to bed, and like that never gains weight. And we're just like, how do you do this? Yeah, that's annoying. But but <laughs> I yeah, I mean, yeah. Sour Patch Kids have worked their way. You know, I mean, things things sneak by the uh, the health line, but uh, we we try we try to keep a, a health line. Uh, speaking of taking care of your body uh silas you are someone who tends to not play with shoes on correct uh, has that ever uh <laughs> proven to be an unfortunate choice uh, yeah i mean yeah i've stepped in glass for sure a number of times um but i finally maybe like four years ago or three years ago jc you know drummers have to travel with a with a rug to put their drums on and maybe, I don't know, a few years ago, JC upgraded his drum rug. And so we had this extra rug and now I use that, which is, I don't know why I didn't do that for the last 20 years, but now I just put down my own rug on my own little area. So it's, it's actually not disgusting, but prior to that, I mean, yeah, I would very regularly end shows, not so much with glass. I mean, that has happened a time or two, but I would definitely end shows with like black disgusting feet like from disgusting stages i don't really it sounds so gross now but it wasn't it wasn't that weird to me at the time oh it's a nice thing about you but i bet you know my wife has uh joined me in seeing you and uh, she is just focused on that most of the time <laughs> she is like oh they're so good but i was just watching to see if something was going to happen to silas's feet hilarious <laughs> his eyes yeah. are clear okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah usually there's not too many too many problems and occasionally i'll wear shoes because it's cold and i hate it i mean not only do i feel physically uncomfortable but i also uh have a hard much harder time manipulating all the effects pedals that i use um i mean obviously people people work pedal boards with shoes primarily but i'm so used to doing it with bare feet that uh it, it really kind of helps uh, so, and the choice to go barefoot did that just was that just something that was always you or? Yeah, just, I mean, it's just comfort. It's not like a, there's no, there's no statement or fashion choice about it. I just, I mean, I, I, I you know, I wear shoes as infrequently as possible. Gotcha. So I, I want to mention the show that's coming up on Friday. You mentioned playing in the cold uh, concerns about, uh, yeah. about this Friday's show at the salvage station. Uh, we'll, we'll just be cold. No big deal. <laughs> Well, I mean, so do have you? Because do your finger? Do you find your fingers work the same? Do you lose any feeling like of the fretboards, or is it just yeah. muscle memory? Yeah, it, 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 it's harder to play in the cold for sure. Your, your fingers definitely slow down, and it's it's frustrating. <laughs> yeah, there's there's like a, a weird sweet spot. Like when you start to get cold, your fingers slow down, and then when you get a little bit colder, 
the numbness somehow for me like makes me more dexterous mm. but then like a few degrees colder then i lose everything so, so is that sweet spot where you're able to catapult from elastic to nasty exactly which, which i thought was one of the nicest descriptions there was a, a line in the mountain <laughs> express about y'all uh, where you that that's how your bass playing is described and i was like i wish i could be described as catapulting from elastic to nasty <laughs> yeah that's a that's a pretty <laughs> cool line that, like my career is I, I have succeeded yes <laughs> Yeah, that's where that happens. It's like 45 degrees Fahrenheit. So when did you guys um, decide to to put the band together? What, what, tell us, because it is 10 years, and can can you share a little bit of an origin story with kind of how the band got started? You've told us a little bit about the changeover in uh, in personnel, but uh, but can you tell us, like, you know, wh where were you? Do you Was there a moment when, like, you were visited by the Muse and they went, this has this is the band this is the band name this is the or or what what happened how where, where did the get right band get started it was it was much it was much more organic than that uh um well J jesse and i started playing together uh when we were 13 or 14 in in high school i think maybe i was in middle school but then we we kept we we became close friends and kept playing together for years, even through college, we didn't go to the same college, but we would play together at breaks and such. And um, then uh, I was playing in Asheville this is over 10 years ago in a band called Soulgrass Rebellion. And we needed a new bass player. And we had just gone on tour in the Virgin Islands for, uh, we played like 10 shows in the Virgin Islands and Jesse was living in the Virgin Islands at the time. And Jesse had come to all the shows. So he'd just seen us like 10 times so I thought, well, Jesse knows our catalog very well. Plus, Jesse and I had always talked about like someday when the moment was right, we would we would reunite. Uh, dream band. Yeah, we would, <laughs> we would put the dream band together. So I called him up and I said, hey, this might, you know, this might be the moment. Any chance you want to leave the Virgin Islands and move to Asheville? And he and his girlfriend decided they did want to do that. And um, so Jesse joined Soulgrass Rebellion which Chris Pyle was also in as well as Oso Ray. And 10 years ago, we were planning another Virgin Islands trip. And Oso had, who was the front man of the band, he had a new baby. So he had to make the tour short, shorter than usual. And Jesse, Chris, and myself wanted to extend the tour and, you know, go swim around with baby sharks and stuff. Right. So um, we... I started just calling venues down there that we had connections with and saying, Hey, this is Silas from Soulgrass Rebellion. We're going to play some extra shows as a trio. You want to book us? Somebody said, yes. And, you know, called somebody else. Somebody else said, yes, called somebody else. And they were like, yeah, sure. What's the trio called? And I hung up the phone immediately and texted Chris and Jesse and was like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to actually need a band name for this little side project. And I don't super well remember this, Jesse, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I just came up with like a list and texted you guys. Yeah. You sent us like five or six names. And then I think like, both yeah. of them said, I like to get right band best. I wanted something that kind of felt like a, like a party vibe and like a, you know, let go of your bad stuff and come, you know, feel good vibe. And, uh, you know, with band names, it's always like, if you can get any, if, if you can get a name that nobody hates, then you know you're, you're in you're in great shape because it's that's the that's hard um and that and that was it we just you know it was just a little thing to extend that tour it wasn't a serious project at all and then i guess over the following months soulgrass rebellion started kind of fading away for various reasons and the get right band was an opportunity to keep saying yes to shows that would get offered to soulgrass and we couldn't do soulgrass and then maybe within six months or so we started to like form an actual band identity and, you know, started to go, Oh, this is not, this is actually a real thing that we're doing with its own personality. It's not just a side project of Soulgrass Rebellion. Uh, so Silas, your sort of annual trip to the Caribbean, you'd go for, you know, six weeks or so. Something I was always sort of jealous of, like, that sounds really nice finding a way to carve that out but knowing you had a little circuit you can go and play, but to kind of things we've been talking about, you know, kind of quarantine dynamics and things and people talking about, well, how are you going to use this time that's been afforded to you? 
I noticed uh, that you would go, and when you would come back, you'd be a considerably better guitar player. Um, mm. And it just seemed to me that you're like, well, I'm going to be going and be playing a bunch of shows and these kind of different things. So I don't know what kind of experimentation you were doing, or you're just like, I got time on the beach to play with my guitar. But it seems to me you had a kind of early version of that. Like, well, I'm going to go ahead and use this time to sort of better myself at something I'd like to be better at. And again, I just remember seeing one show, I was like, man, he's gotten, you know, you've always been a good guitarist, but you'd come back just like a notch better each year. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you. I, I don't, I mean, it's probably just sheer hours. I right. mean, I wasn't, I wasn't sitting on the beach practicing. I wasn't practicing at all, but we, we'd play a three hour gig <laughs> right. every night. And um, I'm sure that makes me better. I'm sure that makes us all better individually, but very concretely, we can all feel how it makes us better as a, as a group. Um, there's no, there's no substitute for just banging out the hours um, in front of an audience. And when you're on tour, sometimes you do that, you know, 10, 12 nights in a row. And that's a, that's a serious workout. Speaking of hours, you kind of alluded this to a piece of the, the business of running a band. And I'm wondering how much of your time gets devoured by that because in, you know, you guys, not Too only much. in order, yeah, in order to like be a band and be a viable thing, you've also got to, you know, make those industry connections. You've got to put in hours. What I mean is not just not just time writing songs, doing the studio, but also, you know, making the website, you know, you direct the videos, like all, you know, all of that sort of, you know, all the stuff that kind of like goes on to promote the band. I was just wondering, you know, because that devours when I think about devouring, uh, that is a time that takes a lot of time and energy. And just wondering if you guys could speak to that and, and kind of what your process is and how you handled that and how that's changed over the 10 years. I feel like Tom Chalmers set us up to expect that every time you said the word devouring, he would make that sound effect. Nom, 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 nom. There we go. <laughs> uh, it's not happened a couple of times now and it's kind of messing with my focus. Um, Josh is really leaning on the phrase this week. I'm, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I, I like it uh yeah i mean it takes up a lot of time the business end and um yeah i mean more or less it's a necessary evil i mean some of it's cool like sometimes it's cool to connect with um it, it can be it can be very um there can be a nice camaraderie to it when you're connecting with festivals or venues where you where it feels very much like a teammate and like uh for for example like we're playing salvage station this Friday and it's always a real pleasure to work with them and um it's true of actually of a, of a lot of venues um where you feel like you're you know it's a it's a win-win situation and you're supporting each other and you know but there's also just like so much uh bs so much just following up of people hey did you do that thing you said you were gonna do oh i still need an answer on this uh email 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 you know so yeah it's uh that side of it is um, not not the the, the fun part. <laughs> I, I did notice on the website, like uh, I checked a couple weeks ago and you guys had just a couple of gigs on there, but now there's a few more. I've noticed there's like maybe five gigs lined up. It gotta feel, it's got to feel good to be coming out of this long. Um, I mean, you guys probably didn't play. Did you, did you, were you able to play anything last summer? Were you able to play anything in support of the album or, uh, or you know, can you, tell us a little bit about your maybe your excitement coming out of that. I mean I'm not going to tell you how to feel but it seems like I would be excited to have a few things on the horizon and things starting to open up a little bit yeah for sure yeah we, we've played you know this the several like outdoor shows that Asheville had to offer around town which was actually kind of nice because as a lot of bands around here do like they don't tend to play a lot of local shows too often and so it was actually you know always trying to look at the silver lining especially in these dark times like you know it's kind of nice actually just to be able to play in Asheville like you know I feel like we had like a couple shows a month there for, yeah. for a few months there towards the end of the summer and it was which just is way nice. more than we would usually do yeah and it was all just in town or like very close to town so you know it was kind of like we still got to sleep in our own beds we weren't on the road but we still got to play music and we got to play in Asheville. And it was just like, you know, obviously with everybody being quarantined, like the people that were coming out, you know, it was just, everybody was having such a great time. And because those experiences were so limited, you know, yeah. and still are, but, but yeah, no, it felt, it felt really nice to be able to play. And, but no, obviously it feels great now that 
hopefully we're getting the coronavirus behind us as best possible and having some stuff on the horizon does, does feel really nice. Did want to ask you, I don't mean to keep setting you up for questions that make you speak of uh, disappointment, um, but what was it uh, like for you? Whereas, you know, Josh and I were in a comedy group, you know, we were in a good groove, you know, we just like, we had our monthly residency, blah, blah. So that was sort of interrupted, but you guys were ascending, you know, I mean, you guys were that plus touring and getting on, you know, uh, little mini concerts from the Pace Studios and things like that. So you guys were ascending. What was that like to feel like we had a year of potentially just going and going and going instead of now we have to kind of sit and wait. Are you, do you shake your fist at that while also seeing the silver lining or how's that, how'd that feel? There's a compliment in there. I swear that you were ascending. That's literally all I heard. I didn't hear anything else you said. Uh, I didn't feel too frustrated except for maybe the first couple months of the quarantine um, when we were quarantined from each other. Um, That felt like there was very little we could do that was productive. I mean, we did do a couple things. We we recorded a couple things like separately. Um, But once we got started being with each other again, which it's hard to remember when exactly that was, maybe June or maybe even may um i didn't i didn't really feel like we had i mean we did we slowed down in so many ways but we also did a lot um i mean putting out the album was a big deal and we we actually you know saw a lot of online uh growth from from that and that was you know exciting and uh and then more or less as soon as the you know, album release stuff started fizzling out. We started working on the next album and we, we haven't played shows um, all winter because it was, you know, too cold for outdoor shows. Um, And, but all that time we've been working hard on this new album. Uh, We we only just started actually recording it, but we were working on, on writing it and arranging it and producing it and coming up with, it's a concept album. So there was a lot of, um, unlike in on previous records there was a lot of kind of talk about the story and and uh ideas and um things we want to things we want to say so uh yeah it hasn't felt it hasn't really felt like we've been sitting i mean it hasn't at all felt like we've been sitting around for for a year although there were a couple months of of that this question is going to seem like it maybe it comes out of left field but i i caught a little motif and i'm wondering did uh did the pandemic send you guys into did you do some gardening because i i like i heard like a little bit of a motif and like for example pulled out root which is a great song uh i heard here's some hedwig in the angry inch in there you know uh of just the way that song breaks in and then also uh in give me rain you know that that song also it has like a little bit of like i'll i'll plant you a garden that sort of you know i was just wondering did is that something that you literally did because i know that's what a lot of people a lot of people did during the quarantine they're like well you know i'm stuck at home might as well put some seeds in the ground yeah, my my girlfriend Eleanor does a, a fairly serious garden, and occasionally she's like, "Can you dig this hole or pull this thing out?" <laughs> um, but I, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I can't claim to be super involved in it. All the every everything from Itchy Soul was was written, recorded, and finished before the pandemic. Gotcha. Um, so that thing was that thing was locked and done by I think January of of 2020, and then. Okay. Uh, you know, you give yourself a few months for kind of promoting and things to go wrong. So you don't end up at the album release show without the finished album. But uh, yeah, we were um, that all that all precedes it. Yeah. So there's there's some gardening in my life, but it's mostly uh, watching it happen. <laughs> Everything I, I, I can't have plants. They just they all die. I've never been able to keep a plant alive. Did- um, and when so the new album the next album uh, any any word on so you're recording it right now can you tell us about where we're at with the process or or what what can you share with uh, your fans um we're we're very early in the process of recording um we we just started last week um and it's going great <laughs> so far nice. uh but the songs have been sort of written and um, demoed and pre-produced, pre-produced um, in a maybe more kind of thorough, focused way than uh, previous records. I, I don't know. You think is that right? Do you think, Jesse? 
yeah i feel like in the past we would like have songs and then make the album and be like oh well, these songs are going on the album whereas this time silas was like let's do a you know concept album and then all he wrote all the songs to fit like a theme and then when we got together talked about the themes and you know arranged the songs and talked about not only how the songs would go but also how the album would go so it's just a much more like cohesive situation whereas it's less of just like a hodgepodge of songs that we liked that maybe work together and now this is like a very super focused album and a lot of that is because we haven't been touring i mean we we had the time to sit down and and do all that in a condensed period of time i mean we we probably started really talking about the concept album maybe six months ago or so so um you know that's a that's a much quicker that's a much that's a very condensed um process versus like jesse's saying on on previous albums it's just kind of the, the songs collect over a few years and then at some point we say you know oh we've got you know 12 or 14 songs that we'd like to record so let's make that happen Will will we hear anything of uh, the new uh, from the new album on Friday, or is that still top secret? There's there's one or two songs from from it that we're playing that awesome. that we're playing live. Yeah, very excited. Um, so well, just, it, I it, wanted to go it, ahead and tr- it is St. Patrick's Day, so we do have to have a drink mention at some point. Um, so this sort of goes back to uh, again. I think the Get Right Band is an awesome name, is because it really does kind of tell us who you are. Um, so that sort of brings me to my thing, which is um, the idea, you know, again, I talk about beer and bourbon a lot for those are things I, I know. Um, and just something I sort of figured out, which is uh, hazy IPAs and the effect they have on me, which is like it tells you what it is. It tells you what it does. Um, so, yeah, they are tasty. <laughs> I, I, I like a, ju- a juicy, you know, kind of citrusy beer kind of thing. Nom, 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 nom. Again, it's got a creamier mouthfeel. So I'm working blue again. Um, but again, but it, it, I just find myself, it's like a potion. It, it sort of disorients me. And I did some reading and I'm not alone. And really the next day, there's just a different sort of murky quality that's not necessarily hung over because I just, I don't have the ability to kind of drink a ton of beer i just sort of get full you know like well, four i'm done kind of thing you know um but again hazy ipas they they tell you what they are kind of thing in the way that the get right band t- tells you what it is kind of thing um but it brings me back uh silas to you if i remember correctly uh you you i don't remember you as a drinker i do not drink alcohol it's which true. i always thought was interesting so the get right band and sort of this kind of like jammy good time feel you sort of your party band but you guys are not like partying as a band on stage in front of us, you don't feel, pep, at least I don't want to speak for everybody, but uh, I don't get to like, oh, yeah, oh, we kind of caught them uh, a little late in the set. They're a little sloppy now kind of thing. So I've always sort of appreciated while you have the good time vibes, you're not necessarily needing to, um, you know, live that in front of us. Yeah. yeah I mean, no. we, we don't get crazy. Like JC and I do drink alcohol, but not, you know, we're not like partiers. I, this reminds me of the, the thing that I was going to talk about that I've been thinking about. Um, I've been reading a lot of philosophy with a student of mine who I tutor, and we've been covering Confucius, which that book, like I just read The Analects of Confucius. It's a very strange book. Um, it made no sense to me until like I started to kind of get most of the way through it because like it's just it's I expected it to be what like fortune cookies like I thought it was like a bunch of like little nice little aphoristic sayings and there are a few of those in there but there's really just a lot about rules that you should follow and I thought that his interesting take on wine there were all these restrictions is like don't eat more meat than you do rice don't wait if the food is not cooked prepared you don't eat it if you if the if the if the wine came from the store you don't drink it like I guess you have to have your own vineyard Uh, but he's like in terms of like how much to drink there are no, there are no, there are no uh, restrictions except uh, in, unless it starts to make you inebriated. Like, so <laughs> I thought that was like, that, that's Confucius's uh, thing is like, once you start to feel inebriated, you have to, a gentleman stops is what he yeah. says, basically. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's literally poison for your body. So it's not right. obviously great to consume, but you know, it's really fun. The, when it, my when favorite. It, make it work. My favorite piece, which I think uh, Tom and I would do well to um, think about is that I heard uh, of uh, the Confucian sort of like analects was he said one um, 
said, concern yourself not with your lack of notoriety, but with your incompetence. <laughs> it's like, don't worry that you're not famous. Worry that you're stupid. And I thought that was uh, some really good advice. I'm not offended. From Confuses. <laughs> Well, I don't agree with uh, incompetence and stupidity being equated. Okay, um, fair enough. Yeah, uh, I get one of my favorite moments. I I, I reference it all the time. Uh, I was asked to be the officiant for a friend's wedding that you know a, a couple that we're good friends with. So they asked if I would you know uh, conduct the wedding. I'm, I'm registered to do so. So great. <laughs> so I did down on a beach in Florida. Everything was just kind of really well done, and I just just hit the marks. You know. Just get enough of reference to religion so that that side of the family is not offended, but not so much that people are going like, this has nothing to do with this couple kind of thing. So I just, you know, hit my marks, a few funny comments, 15 minute ceremony because you're on the beach. It's about to get really hot kind of thing. Bim, in, out, kind of fine. As I'm uh, walking away, uh, your brother of the bride, whatever, kind of raises his glass. Chalmers, competence. <laughs> and, but he was right i was like i didn't do awesome it wasn't fantastic but like you didn't butcher that well nice. done you uh, did the job. there's something to that so yeah. just competence nice. and for for our listeners if you want to see something that is quite more than mere competence uh join it i know tom and i will be there friday at the salvage station uh what time to door i think doors open like like four the show's at 6 30 Yep. Uh, you've been promised some some new tunes as well and uh, I just want to thank you guys for joining us and we look forward to joining you after this long uh, amount and if anyone's worried about the salvage station I have been to another outdoor show that they did back in September and they're doing a really good job with quarantining and yeah and distancing and all of that stuff so so please I, if, I encourage anyone if you're one if you're on the fence about if that's the reason that would keep you away I think salvage station does a good job with all that and we're really looking forward to seeing you guys on Friday Thank you. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having us. All that good stuff. Yeah, we appreciate it. All right. Well, um, thanks for being so with us. It's really nice to talk to you both. So that's Likewise. the right band. Um, stick around. We'll have after the break. Uh, Tom will be back with his uh, weekly take and uh, to take you on to your week. And uh, and I've got a little tune that's from exactly ten years ago. It's celebrating its own ten year uh, birthday. I'm not sure it's aged as well as the Get Right Band, but um, but we're excited about that. So. Uh, thanks guys and we'll uh, we'll uh, we appreciate we will release you from your burden and uh, let you come <laughs> on with your lives but thank you for for joining us we really appreciate it thank you I'm gonna go thanks. devour some breakfast <laughs> some English muffins Tom get Tom, in those I said devour nom, 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 nom. thank you <laughs> All right, the Get Right Band. Get Right Band, so good. Um, yeah, really enjoy them. Uh, somewhere along the way, my older br brother Bob came to town and I brought him to see them and he was like, new favorite band. And this goes back, well, he's like, those guys should be on Letterman. And this was right about a year before Letterman went away, but he, he was right. And um, yeah, they are, uh, yeah, uh, again, we talked about it, but it's just really nice to see good people figure out how good they are at what they do. Um, and, and they've gotten really quite good. Uh, yeah, I mean, the thing that I was reminded of, because I hadn't listened to the album, and like I said earlier, for a few months, and um, and Silas just really shreds the guitar these days. Like, I mean, just, you know, there's not anything simple about the sound, and yeah. it's just gotten so uh, so fantastic. I, I'm a, I am in awe of the sound that comes out of a three piece with those guys, you know, because it's, it's very, very full and feels a lot of times like you're like, well, where's the, where's the organ? Where's the synthesizer? Oh no, that's all just coming out of those guys. So you're so right. That's something I do. I keep looking for the like hidden band member behind a curtain. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I'm looking forward yeah, to excited to see them, uh, you know, later this week, which brings me to my take of the week. All right, Tom, take it away. Um, so yeah, the, the Get Right Band will be playing an outdoor show this week uh, at a good venue. I've seen them there before, like everything involved, other than it is, you know, a certain amount of money at the door, tickets at the door. And I'm like, hmm, which just brings me back to uh, living in Los Angeles in the early aughts. Um, I remember that a, a, a movie theater uh, opened up the Arc Light, which was sort of a 
rebranding of the Cinerama Dome. That's kind of like the, the big golf ball looking one that they show a lot in Quentin Tarantino movies kind of thing. Uh, and I remember the tickets were $14, um, but you could choose your seat um, as well as some other kind of, um, you know, specialty things about the experience. So I was like, no way, no, like I'm all about $2 Tuesdays. And, you know, I've spoken enough about how much I like my money and don't like to let go of it. Um, so I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm not seeing movies there. And people were like, hey, we're going to see it. It's at the Arclight. It's like, well, you can go without me. No, thank you. Kind of thing. So I really held out for a stretch until finally there was a time where, um, you know, that's it was the only place to see the movie that we wanted to see, me and some friends. So I'm like, all right, fine. Okay, I'll pay your $14 here. Just take my money here. And then we go. And then I was like, <gasps> and it was fantastic. Yeah, you choose your seat so that you, you know, don't have to kind of scramble to get there early kind of thing. Something I always struggle with. And just all these particulars. Um, they have a little concierge speech like hi welcome to the arc light blah blah uh, there are no commercials before the movie they only show three trailers hmm. and then once the movie starts they don't let any late entries in hmm. um, and they even have the concessions there's like a little like a uh, candy snack cart down towards the front of the theater you know at the start and that they take away or outside they have like fancy concessions like Joni Maroni sausage and if you've ever been to Venice Beach you know mm, so good kind of thing so once I went I was like well I'm never seeing a movie anywhere else again <laughs> like, I love this kind of thing I will I will cut something else out of my budget so I can see movies at the Arclight that's um, awesome and I sort of feel that same thing coming back into seeing things I'm like great you know I'm excited to go back to seeing shows and everything but I have that same thing I'm like I'm gonna want to know that I can buy my ticket in advance where I'm going to sit, who I'm going to sit with, what are, the, what are the parameters kind of thing. I don't want a sort of festival seating experience to use an unfortunate who reference. Um, uh, so, so that is just my thing. It's like I, I, I look forward to it, but uh, please let me spend a premium price to know exactly what I'm going to experience as I re-enter the entertainment arena. I think that that's going to stretch even beyond entertainment into the realm of like restaurants. Like I, I have a feeling like reservations are going to become much more of a raw required thing. I mean, we're lucky in Asheville to have so many options, but, um, but definitely, you know, I think as things start to open up and demand from tourists and otherwise start to starts to come back over the summer, I, I have a feeling that uh, it, it, unless things open up completely, which I don't think they will, uh, you're going to see a lot more reservations for things. Um, I'm actually seeing in my on the business side, um, some of our sponsors who are libraries are they're going to be showing our recorded shows and they're going to be taking reservations for people to come into the library to watch the shows, you know, in in a in a closed setting. And so they'll be like literally like reserving at you know hour intervals for people to come in and watch the show. Uh, so that they can be in the library and see the show and then uh, and then go on. So, yeah, I think people want to know what to expect. Um, and you're absolutely right. So so a little frustrating that we're not going to be able to buy advance tickets for Friday's show, but we'll we'll do our best. And I we'll be there out. at four. <laughs> That's right. Drink something other than a hazy IPA. Um, <laughs> well, Josh, I'm going to open up and demand that we get a, a song from Josh to finish this uh fun St. Patrick's Day show. Yeah, so we this being a, also a 10-year anniversary show, I reached back into the archives. You had suggested maybe we go back and see if I've had any songs. And, I, and so this song was something that I put together for one of our very early Reasonably Priced Baby shows and uh, was literally done in 2011. Now, it's not quite 10 years old because it happened in September. Uh, the song is about fantasy football. <laughs> so it's about like making a trade in fantasy football, but kind of like with your English muffin uh, take earlier, how sometimes uh, there might be something that seems a little more erotic than it should. That sometimes comes up in fantasy football trades. Um, so this commemorating that and also the release of the Johnson and Johnson uh, vaccine. Here is my song from 2011. We'll see how it's aged called Johnson for Johnson. I've been looking at your wide receiver I thought I'd offer you my tight end 
hey, I don't need your tie, and I've already got one. What else you got to say? I've got my eyes on your Johnson. How about Ocho Cinco? Would you make a trade, man? Anybody other than me, you can keep that junk, but I can see another way. You're talking about my Johnson. You want to trade me your Johnson, my Johnson for Johnson, Johnson for Johnson, even trade. That's right, Johnson. Give me your Johnson. Give me your Johnson for my Johnson. Johnson for Johnson all day. Johnson for Johnson. Man, you must be crazy. My Johnson is worth two of your Johnsons. I'm pretty fond of my little guy. Well, think about it another way. We both got what we need, mutually satisfied. If you had my Johnson deep in your backfield, you'd be wearing a smile. But if you had the strong hands that I've got on my Johnson, you know that it'd be worth a while. You're talking about my Johnson. You want to trade me your Johnson for my Johnson? Johnson for Johnson. Johnson for Johnson, even trade. That's right, Johnson. Trade me your Johnson. Trade me your Johnson for my Johnson. Johnson for Johnson, easy all day. I don't want you dirty Sanchez. Don't tempt me with your Packers. Just put your Johnson in my hands. I don't want your cowboy in my slot. Your Johnson meets my demands. Johnson for Johnson, Johnson for Johnson, Johnson for Johnson, Johnson for Johnson. There you go. Well, all right then. It's ten years old. <laughs> Ocho Cinco, some some memories in there. Chad Johnson. I think this was literally a trade from a fantasy football trade of Chad Johnson for Larry Johnson somehow. Uh, but there you go. And and uh, Mark Sanchez is in there as well. Some some old football references for uh, your Steve Sachs fans. Yes. Well. Hooray. And then I'm happy to say, again, I tell Josh that we will be uh, having Stephanie Morgan join us as a guest next week. Uh, many may know Stephanie Morgan from Stephanie's Ed and Pink Mercury and just her singing with lots of other people. Uh, but she has also now uh, earned herself as a recognized voiceover star. Um, nice. So we're looking forward to talking to her about what she's been eating, drinking and thinking and how that is informing what she's doing these days. So until next week. Toodaloo. Bye.